This is episode number eight of Hebrews in Exile with Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. In this episode, frustrations, dichotomies, all the things that you recognize after you've made the transition and you're now Hebrew. Wow. Let's talk about them. Hebrews in Exile with Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. <laughs> it took you off guard because I totally took the intro from you. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I wanted to get this. We, we were starting off with something. That's, <clears throat> that's, that's okay. The problem, <laughs> the problem that we're dealing with is we're dealing with with an issue in the Greek text that has no accountability. The question that I always ask is after 400 years of silence where the Most High stopped speaking to the last prophet Malachi. 400 years later, he speaks to the Greeks and asks them to speak for him. Right. Right. You have to look at the, and you look at the logic of this whole entire situation. It's like, how in the world did, but, did we arrive at, at but, this but, point? But, but here's the problem. Within the circle of this religion that we that has been handed to us, that we have accepted. You cannot get people who have adopted it to realize that the Greeks are a despot nation. They are enemies of the Most High and they are enemies of Israel. Along with Rome, you can't get them to accept that narrative. You can't get them to accept the logic that says if you find out that somebody hates you and they're out to destroy you, then why would you want to listen to anything that they have to say about anything? Because how can you, how can you verify that what they're saying doesn't have some ulterior motive to destroy you. I, I can answer that. I really, I could. Listen, the, where you're, what you're talking about now and where we're at is so far down the rabbit hole. These folks are just like Alice looking down the rabbit hole. We're actually down the rabbit hole in act, itself. And that is some, that study that you would have to have come across. The only reason half the people are in that is because of being scared into it. Well, yeah. And if, then if you don't, total damnation. Yeah. And, you know, oh, got my ticket punched. I'm good. You know, I was talking to, you know, Wednesdays I go to the barbershop. And the whole discussion centered around the destruction of the black man. And I said to the gentleman, I said, you don't know who you are. And if you don't know who you are, then you don't know why the lifestyle narrative that we're living in mm -hmm. worldwide is the way it is. Mm -hmm. You don't know. Right, totally naive. You're asking the question over and over again, why do these people hate us? Why do these people treat us so badly? Mm -hmm. And I have to come back and tell you that 
you haven't read Deuteronomy 28 verses 15 through 68 because in that narrative tells you everything you need to know as to why the circumstances and the situation is the way it is. So by us having accepted this Greek narrative in the words of your wife, if she can't get in contact with you, <laughs> she asks you a question. Why are you out of pocket? Yeah, why are you out of pocket? Why are you, out of, you know, I think about when I was uh, coming up in the church that, you know, that narrative was presented to us, but it was presented to us like that is for another group of people. You don't even make the connection to the fact that you have have a connection with the with the children of Israel. It's never really even presented. It's not, it's not shown that way. It's more of what, um, Kohanin Harless came over to the house over this past weekend and I let him watch some of your contemporaries here that are in the city of Sacramento. And every single time that I showed him, I said, listen, listen to this. Let's see, well, look, look at what they're doing. It's nothing but fear and the fact that I have my own narrative and I'm using that and I'm using Bible to back that narrative up and no one questions it. It was, he had standing ovations for what he was saying. And these are people that have very successful businesses. These are smart people. Not to say that, you know, in order to be smart, you have to have a successful business. I'm just saying there seem to be a lot of individuals in that group that were savvy, but it's this, this this idea that we we never challenge these concepts that were being presented and trying to find out the root to it, especially with African American people. We just kind of go along with it, hook, line, and sinker. We don't even challenge it anymore. And you you dare not bring it up in your family circle. I mean, to be ostracized and and and, and shunned for the rest of your days. But it's, I think that's what you're getting at is that these people, which your, which was your opening statement, which was these folks in the barbershop, they don't even understand who they are. No, but see, if you don't understand who you are and you ask me a question, you ask me a question, well, what about those people? Which people? What people? Are you talking about the Jews? Right. Right. Are you talking about the Jews in Israel? Now I got to break down. Now I got to break down for you the genealogy of those people mm -hmm. to tell you that those people are not the father's people. Mm -hmm. They don't come. They don't come from Shem. They come from Japhat. True. They are part of a consortium of people that the Most High speaks about over and over again. He calls them Gog and Magog. Mm -hmm. And everybody, anybody that has their salt in scriptorial study knows that Gog and Magog are enemies of the Most High that he's going to destroy in the end of the days. So I come back and ask you a question. Okay. Okay. All right. Why would the Most High have a people speak for him that he's going to destroy? <laughs> You're correct. It doesn't make any sense at all. But but but, but, here, but here's the problem. Here's okay. Problem. All right. Here's problem. See, you and I are conversing within a framework right. of narrative that we know and understand. Right. The people that we're trying to talk talk to to get to understand Hebrews in exile, they don't understand that that narrative. Right. When I say when I say to them, uh, the scriptorial narrative is no longer a story for me. Mm-hmm. It's about my ancestors. Yeah, the genealogy. We yeah. we are the product of the error that they committed that caused them to be exiled out of the land and brought to this exiled nation in the transatlantic slave trade and placed here because the Most High said it was going to happen. And then when I tell you that, you look at me like, I'm like, you're strange. We are paying the price for what our ancestors did. Yes. 
Avraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov, and the generations and generations and generations and generations and generations and generations that flow out of them, we are one of those gen- one of those generations in this exile, being subjected to this false narrative that that the 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 pontificating educators say has been handed to us that we have accepted. And what I'm saying, to, what I'm trying to say to us in this exile, no, I'm not willing to continue in the 21st century to go along with something that was handed to me in 18 whatever it was that we came over here in. Right, right. Because if I'm still going to accept that narrative, then I have no right to put down the narrative that I don't want to be treated like a slave. There you go. Yeah. Can't have it both ways. But you see, the problem is you and I have studied the premise of our origin. We understand the mindset of the Most High. We know why we're here. We know why conditions are the way they are. And we know that there's only one way to solve it. And here's here's the interesting part about mm-hmm. it. Here's the interesting part about it. If Israel in exile were to turn back to the Most High and His ways and quit rejecting His teachings, if they were to accept that, redemption could happen overnight. There you go. Redemption could mm-hmm. happen overnight, overnight, and the Most High would correct every he would correct every every negative aspect that has ever happened to his people where he has sent them. The problem is is that our people don't have anybody to expound to them mm-hmm. this true narrative, and thus is the reason why we are where we are it's it's, it's <laughs> So you say, so you come in and you say, well, I'm tired of our neighbors. Well, what neighbors? Well, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Well, the problem with that is, as I said, as I said to you, we don't have anything to substantiate and validate them at all. Mm -hmm. We can validate Jeremiah. We can validate Isaiah, Yeshayahu. Mm-hmm. We can validate Hosea. We can validate all of these people because they're contemporaries of each other. Right. And they speak about each other within the framework of, of scripture, within the narrative of scripture. Mm-hmm. We don't have anything to substantiate what the Greeks are telling us that any of these people existed. Yeah. I mean, which piggybacks on what you were saying earlier. I mean, he's going to give this information to to a group of people that to speak for him but at the same time during this 400 years of the most high being asleep apparently at the wheel um <laughs> and when he got up he decided to change his whole narrative and the narrative that we've pointed out forthrightly is listen this is what i'm going to do for my people but let's hold on now yeah keep your point okay all right all right if the most high wakes up 400 years later <laughs> and changes the narrative it would make him a liar true true so the question becomes one are are you man is anybody man enough bold enough right big enough to say to the most high you're a liar Right, right. No, that's are you. That are are you? Are you that? Is 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 a, is there a human being that's that bad to tell the Most High that you you lied to us when mm. He says I'm not human, right? Not a man that I that, should lie. That I should lie or change my mind. What I have said and what I have spoken, I will bring it to pass. Mm-hmm. And there is no one who can deliver anybody out of out of my hand. That's what he said. Matter of fact, where it? Let's get that because there's something else that we that I saw in there that I am not a man. It's actually in uh, Numbers 23, and it's verse 19. And I'm going to read 
from the complete Jewish Bible. Okay. It says, God is not a human who lies or a mortal who changes his mind. When he says something, he will do it. When he makes a promise, he will fulfill it. And that was, again, that, that whole entire piece about God is not a human who lies or a mortal who changes his mind. I don't know how much more emphatic you can actually be. You know, if, cause I, you know, here's the thing, cause I, um, posed, uh, John with a question when he came over. I said, for you, what is your one and done, quote unquote, if you had to say, you know what, elevator speech, this is why I am not a, you know, I don't prescribe to that thought across the street, kind of the Christianity thing. And this is the foolproof piece right here, one and done. He actually had several that he used. And I actually have a dissertation that I give on that whole entire thing. And I usually use the Ten Commandments when I do it. I usually use the Ten Commandments. So I'm asking you, is there... And reading that, because that's like a one and done right there. Can What would you say to somebody, you're like, literally like, okay, if I, if you research this, there's no way you could come up with any other conclusion other than what I'm, what I'm telling you to be the truth. Well, in the book, that's in the process of trying to get finished in defense of the Messiah. There are a number of statements in the prophet or from the prophet Yeshayahu. Um, I'm not, I, I am, he says, when every time he does something, he comes back and he says to us, I am Yahweh, your Elohim, or I am Yahweh, uh, your your God. If I'm using, if I'm using the uh, English English um, translation, English translation, or the Greek translation of Scripture. But if I go and look at um, Isaiah, where are you, Isaiah? Isaiah, let's go 44. Let's go. Okay, Isaiah 44. Let's, Good. Let's, let's see, see. All right. Isaiah 44 and 6 tells me something that locks it down for me. All right. Thus says Yahweh, Israel's king and redeemer, Yahweh Sabaoth, I am the first and I am the last, beside me there is no God. <laughs> the Most High speaking. He says, he says, in verse 8, he says, don't be frightened, don't be afraid. Didn't I tell you this long ago? I foretold it, and you, Israel, are my witnesses, is there any God beside me? There is no other rock. I know of none. That's clear for me. Which establishes, again, a pattern. It's clear for me. And it's, it's, it is clear for me in the fact that in every time we go in and open Scripture and start studying it, it's like a neon sign. He, he pops up. I am. I am. I yep. am. Yep. I am. And yep. beside me, there is no other. Yep. I am. Yep. I am. I am. So, Hebrew Israel in exile hasn't had a spokesman to talk to them that they're willing to listen to and think about what's being said. And in order to get Israel's attention, you have to be on a grand on a grand platform. Yeah. You do. If you're not on a grand platform, they're not listening to you. Right. If you're not T D Jakes, if you're not Creflo Dollar, if you're not somebody that's got uh 
how, you know, the first question they ask, well, how many members do you have? Right. Like, that, <laughs> like, like, let me tell you something about membership. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. The most High says in, in his word, in the matter of fact, in Zechariah, let me tell you about membership. Mm. He says, I'm going to bring you back to the land, Israel, and two thirds of you are going to die and one third of you are going to the fire and we'll meet up in the eighth day. Mm. Mm. So now ask me now, now. So now ask. So now ask me about membership again. Right. I'm going to whittle membership down to one third since you want to be concerned about membership. Right. Membership in an organization is not the quantitative question that anybody should be gravitating to. What we should be gravitating to is knowledge get out of the narrative where the most high says my people are destroyed for the want or the lack of knowledge right we need to get out of that narrative mhm mm-hmm. but we can't we can't because once again it gets back to the fact that we need a pied piper to lead us out yeah yeah that's that's it's been the case I don't need a pie paper to lead me out. Right. But see, that's why we're... Go ahead. I came out because the scripture said to me something that had been preached to me all my life that I never understood. Mm. Come out from among them and be separate. Separate. Mm. Totally get it. Totally, totally different understanding of it now. Now I know what you're trying to tell me to come out from amongst. Right. Separate myself mm-hmm. from the idolatry and from any teaching that negates you. And from anybody who has the veracity to say something that, well, I know what my father said, but then I say, no, 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 no. You, you're, you, you can't, you can't speak for him unless you're going to speak for him within a true narrative and repeat what he says and be honest towards that. I mean, literally, you broke that down. Uh, and and for the layman's, I'm going to break, I'm going to say something on top of that. What you just got done saying to me was literally, I took what the Most High said and I took it at its face value. I didn't put anything else on it. I didn't take it out of context. I didn't use it like the old church used to do. Be ye separate and come out from among them to support a narrative that they were talking about. They literally just cherry picked <laughs> that, that, that verse, that chapter and verse to support a narrative about what was going on in the present day. It had nothing to <laughs> do with what the most high had said. And that's the other thing that really it rings out and rings true when you're, when we're, when we're talking about this is that the most high, we don't, we talk about having, knowing the voice of the most high and, and you don't understand that unless you read it in its context, because again, jumping back across the street, does the most high talk like that? No, he, that is not, I don't know who that is. He, he just changed his whole approach and it's, that conti- that issue of, of ripping off that, I said it, I, and I went so far as to maybe I'm probably going to get a lot of backlash and a lot of heat, but oh, oh well. Ripping off that incantation and that spell that's on that, that's on you, to not to be able to see the context upon which this is. And once you do that, it'll be one step closer to understanding what the voice of the Most High is like because you're not being, you don't have all this chatter going on telling you something to spiritualize something that's not there you know and i was thinking now, now you now you now you hit hit on something else mm-hmm. that i was thinking about today as i was driving about and that is i can be who i am and i can be connected with understanding of the most high because i'm looking at his word and i'm not trying to put some spiritual some spiritual connotation to what he said he said what he said he meant what he said he didn't spiritualize it so so why am i trying why am i trying to take the the father's word that is clear and fit it in a square in a square hill in a square hole that it's not designed for you know, the the whole the whole the whole situation is difficult for 
our people in exile to understand, I'm going to say it again, because they don't have anybody that they want to listen to that fits the narrative of what they call successful enough that they'll want to listen to. Mm. Where's where's the crowd going? Right. Well, I'm going with the crowd. Mm. Well, if I look at Scripture and I follow the crowd, they're all going in the ditch. Man, the Most <laughs> High killed a whole lot of folks following the crowd. Do you know how many people died with Korak following Korak? Yeah, that was that initial couple hundred, and then there were thousands <laughs> that you died know, after that. Do you know how many people died uh, following uh, uh, Zimri when uh, Pincus came through and and ran that sword through through the through through him? And you know how many people died that day? And if he hadn't, if he had followed the crowd, right? No nonsense. Most high is no nonsense. I mean, so so following the crowd is not is not. The way to go, the way to go is is setting yourself apart to ask a question. How much do I really love the most high? Mm. And really accepting the narrative that says, if you love me, then you'll you'll do what I ask you to do. It's like as I explained to a gentleman today, the most high is like a father. We are his children. Mm. If you're a parent and you're raising children in your house, you have rules. Exactly. And you, and you give them rules. And if they get so arrogant and so disrespectful that they don't follow the rules, I don't care how young they are. Right. There's a place for them to go, but they getting up out of my house. You can go to, you can go, you can, you can go to the county and live in a group home, but you're getting up out of, you're getting up out of my house. I'm not going to sit here and let you disrespect me and disrespect my rules. Absolutely. That's the most high. The most high. I'm not going to let you live in my land and disrespect me. But see, you know what? You did it again. What did you do? It's, it's, it's this issue of the most high live. It's reality. Cause you can relate to it. You made an analogy there that listen, it's not some over spiritualized thing. No, exactly. No. And, and 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 here's the this is the thing that I was thinking about this week. This may go over well and may not. You know how I look how at Christianity now on this issue of heaven. I, I, I this is the way I look at it. Like if the Most High be the Most High, El Shaddai up until the point of Moshe going in front of Paro, where he changes it to Yod Vave, but. He's true, doesn't change. Then I could imagine all these folk waking up, saying that, showing up at the front gate of heaven, talking about let us in, and the most high opening the front door, saying, y'all here for what? I I didn't invite you in here. Where where did I ever say that you guys were going to come in and and stay with me? Oh, my son told, my so-called son told you that. Well, you can go live with him somewhere. <laughs> like literally. I mean it's it's the reality of, of he would he relating would, it. He would never even recognize him as his so called son. Right. He would probably <laughs> say he'd probably say some alien some alien god because the scripture calls him an alien god. Mm-hmm. You know, why don't you go live with the alien god? Now correct me if I'm wrong. Does 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 Yeshua ever say that he's God? No, and that's was a, and that was a question that comes up with um, with with Pilate, and the problem being is he doesn't say that he's not, but he never he never corrects that he isn't, which is an attribute that the Most High does all the time. He's always telling you, "I am, I am." Then you get over across the street, and all of a sudden, if you're God, why are you have you biting your tongue? with the opportunity to profess it in front of everybody because the Most High back in Shemot said, listen, I'm going to show you, Israel, and all of Egypt what I'm about. Yes, and I'm going to tell you, man, when I get through, you'll know that I am. Right. Sign Yahweh. Sign Yahweh. So what happened when we go over here? You don't want to talk no more. But that's the problem. I mean, you see... I realize, I realize, I realize for us, 
for Hebrews in exile and for many of our contemporaries that are Hebrew people that have come out, and yet and still many of our Hebrew people that have come out still are tangled are tangled within a mixed theology. But but for Israel, Israel can only have one power. And the other the other problem is is that the majority of people do not know who Israel is. So I after now I, I got explained that Israel's not are not the Jews, the popular Jews that are being spoken of so regularly within our news cycle and what have you, and you're being referred to as being anti Semitic because you say something about them. Mm. They're not Shemites. So I can say anything I want about them because they're not Shemites. Mm. They are not from the loins of Shem. They're from the loins of Yephat. Go to your scriptures. Look at Bereshit, Genesis chapter 10. Look at the genealogy of the sons of Noah, and you will find that within the sons of Job, there's of, 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 uh, of Noah, there are two groups of people that the Most High said he's going to destroy. One of them happens to be the Greeks. The other one happens to be Gog, Magog. In fact, so, yeah. So, so <laughs> I'm not anti-Semitic when I speak about them and speak negatively about them. They're not the father's people. The father has defined who his people. Where does Father Abraham come from? Does he come from? Does he come from Ham? Does he come from Shem? Does he come from Japheth? Do you know? If you don't know, then right, right. Be silent and learn something. Listen. Father Abraham comes from Eber. Eber is one of the sons of Shem. Out of Father Abraham comes the twelve sons of Israel by his by by his son uh, Isaac and Jacob. That's that's what makes up Israel. They are people of color. They are not Eurocentric. They come out of Shem. They are Shemites. And if, uh, listen, House of Levi. We are Shemites. We are Shemites. House of Levi. Yes. In the house of Levi. Go look up what the name of Pincus means. Pincus means dark skinned. Yes. So, I mean, you're hitting the nail on the head. I mean, you crunching so, some I mean, toes. So, I mean, there's, 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 there's a, don't you know, there's a lot to learn. <laughs> you know, there, mm-hmm. there's a lot to learn. One of the brothers told me today as I was talking, he says, he says, he said, he said, Rabbi, he says, man, he said, that there's a lot to learn. I said, yeah, there is. I says, but the, here's the issue. You have to be willing to want to learn. You don't shake it off and say it's too difficult. It's not too, not too difficult. The most high in his word said it's easy, it's simple, it's nigh even in your mouth to be able to do it. Very and the question easy. for us, the question, we've accepted the narrative of salvation. What does salvation mean? Salvation only means deliverance. My question to that is, how many times can you be delivered? A lot. You can be saved a lot from a lot of stuff. From a lot of stuff. But eternal life, there's there's one aspect to eternal life. There's one aspect into getting into the Father's days. So now you start talking about the Father's days. And you talk about his eighth day, and they look they look at you like like deer like deer looking looking in the headlights, in the headlights of a car. They yeah. don't know anything about the eighth day. You start talking to them about the narrative as to why we're in this day of grace. And when you tell them grace has got nothing to do with Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ has got nothing to do with grace. The Most High ushered in grace before He ever showed up, right? That's and right. grace was for Israel. Mm. And the grace that's for Israel speaks to the fact that the all-wise Most High said, I am going to exile you out of the land. And while I'm going to exile you out of the land, that doesn't nullify what I have said. I said, if you don't honor my Sabbath, you die. Period. Period. End of story. So what does he do? Mm-hmm. You ask yourself a question. Well, right, do you honor his Sabbath? Are you still breathing? Are you still alive? That's called grace. That's called grace. That's called mercy. That's exactly what it is. Exactly. Because he <laughs> understood that I'm going to put you somewhere where you're not going to be able to honor 
the teachings that I've given you. The mm-hmm. people are not going to let you do it. That doesn't mean that I've changed my mind in terms of the death penalty. What I'm going to do to you in exile is I'm going to extend to you some grace and I'm going to extend you some mercy. And that's going to last for a period of time. And guess what? That time is running out. It's running out. Very much so. And you Very don't understand. So. They don't understand. You can't go into a government that's not your government and demand them to give you social justice. They ain't going to give you anything. Just like I told the gentleman mm. today. Mm-hmm. Listen, I said, the father said, I'm going to disperse you amongst the nations. And amongst the nations to which I'm going to disperse you, the people are going to hate you. You can't legislate yourself out of that. You can't pray yourself out of that. If the Most High said you're going to be hated, you're going to be hated. And that's what we are. You tell me, yeah, exactly. Exactly. You. So what's the answer? Why did he do it? He did it because Israel fell into idolatry and abdicated him. It's like it's like your husband going out and getting a, getting another woman, mm-hmm. or like you going out and getting mm-hmm. another man. Somebody gonna be <laughs> they're gonna be pissed at the end of the day. Somebody gonna be sleeping on the somebody outside. Gonna, somebody gonna be with upset. the lawn with the sprinklers. When somebody they come gonna on. be upset. So now you ask yourself a question. So. Why does a husband? Why does a husband come home, find his wife in bed with another with, a, with another man, and, and get enraged and kill the man? Or better yet, say, you know what? I'll kill myself why? So, for that sin that was committed. The Most High said, "I'm not. I'm, I, hey, you, you know what? I tell you what. And 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 you know what? In, and and if it's a wife that comes home and finds her husband in bed with another one, the first thing she's gonna say, get your things yeah, and get yeah, out. Exactly." That's what the most high said. It's reality. It's, you can relate Get to out. it. Well, Get out. Mm. You read that scripture for exactly for what it is. It'll hit you just like that. But the difference is the most high is gracious mm-hmm. and he's long suffering and he's patient and he loves his wife. So what he says, okay, wife, I'm kicking you out of the house. I'm going to put you out there. But all your lovers, they're going to treat you. They're going to treat you like. Like dumb, like skunk, like like dumb. Okay, <laughs> mm-hmm. and and you're gonna keep sniffing the wind, and you're gonna keep adjusting, and I'm gonna keep ramping up the pressure and ramping up the pressure. And the only reason why I'm ramping the pressure is because I want my wife back. Right. So all the stuff that we're going through in this exile is all about the Most High ramping up the pressure to get his wife to cry out and ask him, "Can I come home?" <laughs> Can I come home? And instead of instead of humbling ourselves and committing to the fact that we've been told a lie, which your your educated black professors of understanding the black church have told you that we have accepted a narrative that was not ours. They told you that. We need to give it back to them and accept the narrative of the Most High and get out of this mess. And get de- and now you want to be delivered. You know, Listen, you that, want to be delivered? Prophesy on that. Does it sound like we, we, we're practicing insanity? Huh? Does it sound like we're practicing insanity? <laughs> Do we keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result? Why don't, why don't, why, I mean... We've gone so many years without acknowledging the most high. Why don't we just try this and see if it doesn't work? I mean, what 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 is it going to gain you if you don't? You know, <laughs> you know, why do they hate us? Read the scriptures. The scriptures will tell you why they hate you. And that only fits one group of people, one that, group is, of people. that has happened throughout the course of history, not just one period of time. That is to this day. I shared that with somebody at work. I said, turn, I said, that is talking about uh, melanated people in this world. He said, how in the world do you get that? I said, listen, go read Deuteronomy 28 and tell me what other people fit that narrative. See, see, you don't understand. Israel is so precious to the Most High and the Most High has treated them with such kindness and graciousness 
that the first people that they met when they came out of Mitzrayim were the Amalekites. Mm. And the Amalekites were not brown-skinned people. Mm. <laughs> but the Most High delivered them mm-hmm. from the Amalekites. And every time Israel walks in harmony with the Most High, he delivers them from the plight of their enemies. So now, if we're in this exile and we have enemies, it's only logical. Let's look, let's go back and let's see, let's see what the script says. Mm. How do we, how do we change this? It's scripted. And Israel turned. And Israel called upon the name of Yahweh, not the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. But they called up on the name of Yahweh, and the text says, and he delivered them from their enemies. Full circle. That's scripture. Y'all talking about you love the scripture, and then, you know, the thing about it is, I'm going to go home and read. You, you, can't, you can't read scripture to get an understanding with a Greek mind. That's right. You can't go over there thinking. Yeah, so the prophet the, asked a question. That's just for the Jews, yeah. Why halt ye between two opinions? If Yahweh be Yahweh, serve him. Mm-hmm. If Baal be Baal, then serve him. But it's not going to be both. It's going to be one of the other. Mm-hmm. That's so plain. I mean. No, 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 no. That's too plain. No, I don't no, know no, why. No, no, I'm no, no, making this no, too hard. No. It's plain. It's plain to you. And it's plain to me because the eyes of our understanding have been open. <clears throat> and we are, we are willing, we are willing to listen to what the Most High says. We're willing to pray and get verification and understanding of His Word. And when we get understanding of His Word, we give Yahweh the credit and not somebody else. Right. Exactly. Totally 100%. No, that, that's, that's simple. But, but here's the problem. If you're stuck in a pile of doo-doo, you have to have a desire to want to get out of it. Except for the fact that you can be in stench so long till you no longer smell it. You know, yeah, exactly. What do you mean? I stink. No, you do. I don't smell it. Well, if if, if you don't smell it, that tells me that you've been in it too long. You, and, and here's the other aspect of it, too, because I've ran into individuals that prescribe to this train of thought as well. Again, you know, you bring up the whole issue of the paternity test. So we're trying to, at least with this podcast and the things that we do uh, with the congregation and the ministry is to try to enlighten people so they understand who the Most High is. And it's literally like giving someone a paternity test and said, this is your real father, Yahweh, here, not the other guy. And I've had several people tell me, yes, I understand it. I understand the paternity test, but I've been over there with him so long I'm not going to just abandon that so there's several people coming to the congregation understanding get it but they just so they're so in 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 involved and for lack of eloquence um just so entrenched and immersed in in the whole school of thought and 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 how things work they're just like you know yeah okay. you're right but okay. All right, so here's the deal. You've been orphaned. You have been orphaned because your parents decided that they wanted to go and serve other gods. So you've been orphaned. Mm. And that means that you have been living with another family that's not your family. Okay. And the family that you've been living with is a family that lives by a different narrative than the one that you have been orphaned out of. Okay. So you've grown up in a household living under a religion that wasn't yours, 
okay? Mm-hmm. And it's become custom or common for you. Now here comes along somebody that says, hey, that's not your real father. Those aren't your real parents. Mm-hmm. You go, well, well, but, you know, but, you got but, 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 well, they're not. And then you find out who your real parents are, okay? Mm-hmm. The difficulty is, like you say, is, well, how do I separate myself from somebody who's raised me? Mm-hmm. They didn't. Mm-hmm. How do I do that? And we're talking a long time. People have been in this for well, a while. I have to admit to you, that's a difficult thing to do. And the only way that I can, that a person can, can do that, and I'm sure that there are a number of people in reality in this world who have lived that narrative and have, have meant their, their paternal parents and have embraced them. True. Very true. Now, here's the deal. Yeah, you got to want to know. Yeah, here's the deal. Now, I can embrace my new parents, okay, my, my real parents. I can embrace my, my, my real parents and still not disrespect where I've come from. And to that point, I, I say this. I spent all my life living in the yeah, we're better Christ, example in, in the in the Christian world. Yeah, okay. Um, I don't despise my upbringing. Okay, I don't. That's good. I don't despise the teachings that my father taught me from 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 that side. What he taught me from that side has made me better understand where I am now. Because the issue is with my with my father with my father there was one thing that was that was firm to him that was firm to him and that was holiness holiness was firm to him and the only place only place that holiness can be taught is from the scriptures Holiness can't be taught from the New Testament. Holiness has to be taught from the scriptures. And he taught me, he taught me holiness. So I don't, I don't, I don't, uh, begrudge my upbringing. My upbringing has just put me in a position to say, okay, when I get to be grown and I can be on my own, then what I want from you, most high, I want you to teach me the truth. Because if I'm going to be held accountable to people, I I don't want to lead them down a rabbit's hole of lies. I want to tell them the truth. I want to be held accountable to you for telling the truth. And if I don't tell them the truth with malice or forethought, then I know that I'm in for for I'm in I'm in for deep for deep punishment from you and possible death. So I walk I walk a very a very tight road. But I don't despise the upbringing from my foster parents, mm-hmm. Christianity. I just realized, I just realized that my real father <laughs> has a better plan. Right. You know, I found out, wait a minute. No, go ahead. See, I found out that my foster parents had a little something, but my real father's got it all. Got it all, yeah. So, um, you know, I'm... I'm I'm a, I'm sliding with the guy that's got it all. <laughs> you know, when you let me get to know you better. <laughs> right. Right, right. Like you 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 mentioned like that the relationship that you had with your 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 father and the things that he had taught kind of and and I'm listening to as I'm listening to you speak and I'm saying, "Wow, what what the parallel we can make honestly with I believe were the children of Israel as they're marching through the desert and they have all of the folks that were born in, in Mitzrayim, Egypt, were dying off. They had the ability like we're, we're doing now. Like I think about my kids when you talk about their father and son relationship. They have no clue about what Christianity is about. So their idea of of they've been raised with the most high, so that's all they know. But then they have the generation that's coming before them saying, this is what idolatry is because we lived it. And this is what you don't want to do. 
And it's kind of that same parallel because all those people that were born in Mitzrayim are teaching those 20 and 30 year olds that are getting ready, that were born in the desert, that are getting ready to take the land. They're saying, you haven't, weren't born into idolatry. We were. We know what it's about. So I look at it as to say, you know, maybe on the brighter side of things, it's good that we went through what we went through so we can appreciate oh, absolutely. the most high even more for oh, where we oh, where oh, we are oh, versus absolutely. where my kids are. Oh, absolutely. Because because you see, the the idea is to be able to understand both sides. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. I can speak I can speak I can speak from both sides because I've been in I've been on both sides. And the side that I'm on now is much better than the side I right. was on. I what where I was. You thought the most high was sweet. Wait till you get over here. Yeah, I mean, when it gets I mean, better. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, my way is better, my path is better, and I'm walking up the King's Highway. Mm-hmm. There's joy in knowing with Yahweh I'm going, mm-hmm. walking up the King's Highway because He's the King. So, you know, it's been a good, it's been a good conversation, uh, to share with you this whole narrative. We're talking about Hebrews and exile. I hope that those of you who may be listening to this podcast will understand the heart, uh, of where I'm coming from and where, uh, Sean is coming from and explaining and helping you to understand how to navigate, uh, through this valley of of stressful times to say to you that there is a way out and the way out and the place in which that you can find peace and safety even in this exile is to turn back to the teachings of the most high except Yahweh as being the sole God king redeemer and person to whom that you speak talk about and worship and i can guarantee you as 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 charles barkley would say i guarantee i will guarantee to you that your days will be brighter your life will be much better and you'll learn how not to live in this exile in fear this has been Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. Hebrews in exile. Till next time. Shalom. Shalom.